Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. So, you know how in human design... The trip really is, is that we'll never understand even remotely close to what it's like to be another human being. There's so many layers to it, but honestly, the biggest one, the one that I just want to ram home so much is the difference between emotionals and non-emotionals. And uh, my teacher, Manesh, always says that the difference between emotionals and non-emotionals is as big, if not bigger, than the difference between men and women. And and the joke is that non-emotionals, what they think is being emotional, us emotionals look at them and be like, honey, you don't know from nothing. Like it's such a different thing, the scales that you can run on. And this honestly applies to every single part of human design. Really, the difference between being an emotional person and a non-emotional person is so wildly different. It's like two different experiences of life. It's like two different lenses through which you see the world. So you were saying to me yesterday, you don't know what it's like I, to feel. I literally, you can't tell imagine. me stories sometimes and I'm like, Jenna, I physically cannot feel that in my body. Sometimes I, I'll hear about, you know, another profile or like maybe how, you know, a two learns compared to how a three learns. I'm like, okay, I can kind of understand what that might feel like, but I really cannot grasp what it must feel like to have just this layer in the background of my life. And I love how you explained it to me. Do you remember what you asked me? No. You were like, you know, when you listen to a Taylor Swift song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And how it brings up that sort of like internal drama Mm -hmm. in you and I do that on purpose sometimes because sometimes Mm -hmm. that's not emotional like we want to feel something Mm -hmm. so I'll like listen to specific music or I'll watch specific movies and like get the taste of that feeling that I want to feel in my body and there is a bit of this like drama to it where it's like I'm concocting this feeling in my Mm -hmm. body and you said imagine that and it's just there all the time Mm -hmm. it's like a low level drama and not drama in the way that we talk about drama like people causing issues just a dramatic flair to the way that you observe life like everything is is more um charged just in your body in the world you know out in the world as you're just like doing your thing everything feels more dramatic more flair more heightened more colorful more kind of artistic-y and it sounds lovely the way that I'm speaking about it but if you think about like the real life application it really is a trip and I do think I was saying this to you obviously we talk about the importance of strategy and authority are the two things in your design that are really gonna move your life forward but one of the most um, I guess 
how do I put this? Like one of the things that you can really learn to work with so that you don't have that internal mental struggle of thinking you're weird or something's wrong with you is understanding how your emotions work. And then knowing that everything is happening to you because of that mechanism so that you don't judge yourself or judge others or um, just put yourself through unnecessary, you know, mental narratives. And if you're curious listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, if you go on your chart on the app, um, it'll tell you either if you have emotional authority, then you are going to be more like Jenna. We call you an emotional. Mm -hmm. And if you are not emotional authority, you're the opposite. Mm -hmm. Or if you scroll down all the way to the bottom of the chart, it'll talk about specifically emotions and it'll call you either an emotional or a non-emotional. Yeah. And so just to recap, if you're completely new to this, um, it doesn't mean, um, I mean, everybody can feel emotions. People who are emotional are people who have this like, wave or range of emotions that just comes through them that is completely unrelated to what's actually going on outside of them. They are the ones, their bodies physically create the emotion. And um, my teacher used to say to me, it's like God is the DJ and you are just the radio that's playing the song and you have no control over whether the song is the blues or it's an Adele breakup song or it's, you know, an earth, wind and fire song. And So the big trip for us emotional people is that we're not all massively emotional. Like my emotional wave is actually quite a subtle one. So I, for example, might not identify as being an emotional person, right? However, the difference is that it's me who's creating the emotions and stamping that on the outside world. Non-emotional people, also called open emotional people, are feeling things because only ever they come from the outside world. So a situation is making you feel a certain way or a person that you're around is feeling something and you're picking up on it. So it's more about are you a maker of emotions or a receiver and feeler of emotions? And magnifier. Yes. So that's a really important key to note as well because um, actually you're non-emotional. So speak about that, how you magnify emotions. It's and you explain it in a great way where it's almost like if you are having an emotional low day, you have an emotional wave that you experience Mm -hmm. and you're feeling that low as like a two out of 10 in a negative way. So 10 being like the most negative feeling of it and one being the least negative. You walk in the room and I immediately feel in my body your emotion times seven. Mm -hmm. So like I feel your two as a seven out of 10 and I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with you? Or Mm -hmm. like my husband works in an office, for example, and he is also non-emotional. So when he's in the office, he's picking up on and magnifying the emotions of the people that he's interacting with. And then he comes home. And I, before I understood this concept, he would come in and I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm immediately feeling all the things he picked up from other people and then magnifying it mm-hmm. and then bouncing it back to him and he's magnifying it mm-hmm. and bouncing it back to me. So it's, it's like, you're almost getting a heightened experience of what the emotionals are actually experiencing. Yes, exactly. And that's why non-emotional people can sometimes feel like the most emotional people because they, their natural state is so cool, calm and collected. It's so neutral 
that anything you color on them is going to feel so much more janky. Whereas when your body is making its own emotions all the time, you have a bit more of a buffer. You're more emotionally resilient, let's say, because you're so used to that being your normal way that it doesn't phase you as much. And also, we don't pick up on other people's emotions. Like if we're emotionally intelligent mentally, we could read what someone's feeling, right? Yeah. But I'm not, it's not physically coming into me through my body because my body is busy making its own, generating its own emotional wave anyway. So there's very little room for other people's emotions to come into my aura, right? Right. Whereas for you as a non-emotional, there's a ton of space for other people to paint on your canvas basically. Right, like you're saying, even though you are experiencing only your emotions and are not technically picking up on other people's emotions, you can mentally conclude Mm -hmm. how people are feeling. Mm -hmm. But I physically conclude how other people are feeling. Mm -hmm. Because you feel it in your body. Right. And when Mm -hmm. you say you have a buffer, it's also nice to, even though it is, you can say either one is difficult. It's nice for you that you actually do have a buffer of feeling other people's emotions, but it also emotions don't feel i'm mean, imagine i imagine that for me there's such a stark difference between my natural state that that's why it, i think they hit us more mm-hmm. whereas for you it's just like so normal to have emotions present that mm-hmm. it, it's just your natural state exactly and so that's what i mean like it's like walking around with low level drama yeah. all the time. <laughs> i was gonna ask because i think for non-emotionals emotions can kind of feel indulgent mm. like in, in the same way that like eating a whole entire chocolate bar sometimes feels yeah. like so indulgent. You're like, oh, I know I don't need this whole chocolate bar, but like, mm, like chocolate's so Give good. me more. Yeah. Like, that's how we feel when we are picking up emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it feel indulgent to you? Not what? at all. Okay. Well, I think there's two different layers to this. So the first thing is what you're saying is, is a really important point where anywhere in our chart that we're open are places that we can mistake as feeling like there's nothing there. So we feel like we lack something. And what can happen is that can make you get addicted to the thing that it's about, the center's about. So in the emotional center, if you're open, those people who are open emotionally can get addicted to emotions because it makes them feel more alive. It gives them something to focus on. If you are, if it's just been programmed into you and you grew up with an emotionally heightened household, you know, that's what you have just been conditioned to do. And so you need to deprogram that and you really need to realize that that's not your natural inherent state, right? Mm. But there is also conditioning from the world that emotions are silly, you know, that rationale is better. And we're all victims of that conditioning, right? So even as an emotional, I have to go through this, not judging myself for feeling things that, you know, you even said it, and it's not a bad thing, but you said negative emotions, right? It's like, we have been taught to think that happy is good, and you can show when you're happy. And when you're sad, you either you can use it in a self-indulgent way. And a lot of the times it does get um, attention, for example, right? You throw a little fit or something. Yeah, or like, oh my gosh, look at me, I'm in this emo, whatever, da, da, da. But actually really reframing that as trusting that life is giving you this program or curriculum that you are on that you have no control over, that when you are in a low, there is always something there and there's always a reason and a purpose. When you take the charge out of judging it as being negative or being bad and you can learn to sit in it and witness it, that's when you can really understand that there's something in there for you. Now, emotions are what make life colorful for all of us, right? And so 
instead of running away from those emotions, just being okay with understanding that they're here visitors for a reason. They are here to deposit something in you that you might not know what yet. But if you can sit with them and just allow them to be instead of ascribing meaning to them, then either they will put you on your divine timing or they slow things down so you end up doing something later or they move you to such a place where you can come up with an idea or something creative or help you be more compassionate to yourself. I mean, there's I could go on and on about the list of good things I've gotten from sitting in my downs, right? Mm -hmm. However, I still, to this day, have to remember the most important thing, which is when you feel low as an emotional, resist the mind's urge to try and find the cause of why it's happening. So, so many times, even this week, I've been low. So it's like, a low was like, okay, well, I just got off a flight. Now I know how to disprove that because I'm like, no, because you've been on flights before and woken up feeling like on top of the world. So it's nothing to do with the flight, right? It's really just accepting of something that doesn't have a cause and effect in our world. It's the divine who's playing the songs mm -hmm. and really learning to get out of the way of like, I need to rehack my life so I make sure that I'm not in these moods again. Actually understanding that the moods are gifts, right? And already this week, from reminding myself of this information, because that's all this is, is all alignment is, is reminding yourself over and over how many downloads that I get from sitting in that low right? So much. Because it opens your heart, because it makes your brain clear, because it makes you pay attention to certain aspects of life. It makes you see life through a, a, a blue colored lens so you could see how other people might be interpreting things at any point in their life and what they might need. And this is just me through my, um, you know, how I do it with my cross of service that I have. The thing, my life theme is like thinking about what people need. So my lows help me with that. But if you're an artist, it would help you be a better actor. If it would help you write a better song, it would help you see potential negatives in a piece of programming you're writing. It would help you understand how if you're writing a legal document, how the person who wants to get divorced is like feeling, you know, you can apply this to basically everything you do. So it helps you see life through that lens, right? And so it helps you be more educated about the broad spectrum of the different glasses that you can see life through. And but through your ability to have been given different glasses at whatever point you're supposed to wear the glasses you're supposed to wear is a gift when you can resign yourself to you're not in control of the glasses. Life is. And you know what's coming to me right now and I've never thought about it this way because I'm like, okay, I'm listening to you talk about, you know, this like beauty that is in having an emotional wave and like the things that come out of it. I'm thinking about being a non-emotional and like what is the purpose of, you know, being open and receptive and magnifying emotions is like, we kind of get to like romanticize the emotional wave. We get mm -hmm. to kind of like, when I say it's indulgent, it really is indulgent. Like throwing on a movie that just makes you so sad. And mm -hmm. like we get to romanticize the idea of emotions because when you can see something almost from an outside perspective, even if you don't realize that you're experiencing emotions from an outside perspective because they are not coming from you mm -hmm. you almost have like a greater appreciation for things when they're not yours yeah right it's like it's just like a natural way of looking at it so mm -hmm. like our gift is we get to be like no emotional look how beautiful this feeling is and like how fun it is to feel it and indulge it and mm -hmm. kind of like almost like What's funny is that because we're so different, but we're also the antidote for each other. Yes. And if you think about how beautiful melancholy must feel to you, right? Oh, my God. 
like wow what a delicious feeling and if I have that as one of my default emotions I would have an issue with it but you know rewind 300 years when all the French you know poets and writers they would like do anything to induce those states so that they could write better stuff like how different the cultural understanding of emotions was made them more okay we just happen to be living in a post-rational era where we are shutting down all of that stuff because actually our role right now in this era in the post-rational era is to help understand um, the emotional wave which generates out of the solar plexus the solar plexus is um the newest awareness center in all of human design so it comes after the instincts the spleen and after the mind and so it's another center through which we can sense life but it's non-rational it's post-rational it's not through the brain and the reason why we need non-emotionals and emotionals is because in the like you said it, it there's a balance of yin and yang in me being emotional i sometimes don't have the ability to witness how beautiful it is and you can reflect that back to me and I can also give you the color and you can amplify the color and show me where I'm at when I don't have the visibility and in in return I make those things that you can feel mm-hmm. you can't be a clear receptor and a owner of the the same two things right so in the same way you apply this to other things in human design we've talked about this before where me being so okay with my gift and my life theme actually makes me vicariously able to enjoy yours. But if it was my own, I wouldn't, um, we would have like more of a um, a sameness, a visibility, but it wouldn't be like, oh, wow, what a cool thing to have a different experience as another human and also to be able to come together and share the differences, right? So we need emotionals and non-emotionals in order for us as a collective to um, develop this fact that we as humans are now afforded we're at a time where we can afford to develop our emotional um, sense of feeling and awareness and I love that you say post-rational I've never heard you say that mm. and when you're saying that you're actually speaking to an actual time period that we're in mm-hmm. there's like facts and things backing up why you would say that it's not just like this flippant thing that you're saying yeah like we really are in a time when like this is what we're one of our things that we're tasked with mm-hmm. so it is like how do we back and forth figure out how to be each other's antidote? And you've shared something. I think it was in um, a Q&A on the, the app. I don't know if you guys know this, but we do weekly Q&As on the app where people submit Ask Jenna questions and we record them as if they're like kind of mini podcasts. Mm-hmm. And there's one that goes up every day. It's on the app. You did one about someone asking if they were a non-emotional parent being with an emotional child and you said something about like just being with them just Mm -hmm. being like like we kind of think we have to like as if you're an emotional Mm -hmm. I as a non-emotional feel like I sometimes have to maybe try to fix the Mm -hmm. way that you're feeling because it is so jarring to me Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to sit with how you're feeling so I try to fix it Mm -hmm. but really all you need is for me to just sit there. Mm-hmm. Like the wisdom for you is me just sitting there and you kind of being able to feel that bouncing off happening. Mm-hmm. And think about this. If we got rid of judging some emotions as unpleasant to experience and some as good to experience, almost giving ourselves validation for feeling high, right? Which by the way, can also definitely skew your judgment, right? Um, 
that's not always all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, the fact that we feel emotions is a beautiful thing. It's making us literally um, evolve into a different species, right? So what what I was saying in that in that question and answer is that what's amazing about kids is that when they feel things, at that point in their lives, they have no um, idea that them feeling sad or crying makes them unpleasant to be around. They have no visibility on, I need to shut it down. You don't care about being around a baby that is sad or that is quiet or that is melancholy. You actually find it really cute. You know, it makes you want to get closer to them. And actually, if we as adults didn't have this misunderstanding that we need to hide those things because they make us unpleasant to be around, it would be a different energy that we would be in in the room because we wouldn't have this dissonance where I'm fighting with one side of myself, like I'm feeling low, but I'm also trying to put on a good front or I'm feeling low, but I want you to know that I'm not okay or I'm feeling no, low, but I'm struggling with letting myself be low, right? Or I'm blaming myself for it. It's that narrative that I'm having that's putting you off because it's creating a dissonance in my energy between how I feel and how I present. Mm. If I was just softly, gently, openly, open-heartedly showing what I was, it would actually, and it's designed to make us feel closer together. It's actually designed to make us bond deeper than if we didn't have emotional centers. If we could just bond with our instincts and our brains, that's limited. If we could just bond with our sacral, that's also limited. Like that's just about touch and sexuality. Yeah. If it's on feeling, I mean, think about what a development that is for the human race. And it encourages touch, touch and bonding because it's actually the emotional wave is created by physical touch and sensuality and sexuality and closeness, right? After that, it kind of branches off and creates lots of different kinds of waves, but the root of it is that. And so what is emotion here to do? It's here to provide empathy, sympathy, understanding, compassion, fascination, um, that kind of juicy, oh, I love being like in your energy and swimming in what you're feeling. And it's not just about, you know, are you going from A to B anymore? It's like, how are you feeling about going from A to B? And we're already seeing that in our culture and the way that the conversation is changing. But I guess what we're saying is there's so much more to be learned and to be embodied through this practice. Is like, it's great that we're talking about emotions now, but the, the next level is understanding whether you are a maker or a receiver and then understanding if you're a maker to become okay with the fact that you have no control and to stop trying to assign meaning when something's happening and actually just be present so that you can spot the gift it's trying to give you. And if you are a receiver of them, delight in them, see them as wonderful, but don't think that there's anything wrong with you that you made them, you know, mm -hmm. and also get to enjoy them, but also without getting addicted to them, get a strong, steady, um, kind of cool, calm and collected base that you can return yourself back to. Because if you spend too long in the emotions, especially the heightened ones that throws you out of balance and that that will cause, you know, all sorts of health problems or um, mental um you know, wrong patterns, let's say. Yeah, it is such an like an untangible way of connecting with each other. Mm. And it is also about like cleaning up each of our sides of the street that makes being able to coexist mm -hmm. have less friction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what did you say to me yesterday about you can tell when I'm in a low and you oh. just let me 
get on with yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason that we even wanted to have this conversation is because I brought that up to you where it's like, I, it's interesting to me spending so much time with you and knowing that you're so okay with your emotions and it's not all the time, mm-hmm. but like, it's not, doesn't feel jolting to me as a non-emotional when I'm around you, when I know you're in a low, like it, I know when you're in a low, but it doesn't feel like repelling to me mm-hmm. where I do know people who like when I'm around them and they're in a low, it feels repelling. And you explain to me that it's mm-hmm. because what you just said, where mm-hmm. like if they have their own story, if an emotional, so if you're a creator of emotions, a maker of emotions, if you have a story in your own head that there's something wrong with what you're feeling and or you you feel repelling, then I'm going to feel uncomfortable being around you and I am going to push you away. Mm-hmm. But it's like when I say clean up our side of the street, it is your job as an emotional to get okay with your emotions and it's my job to feel okay being around your emotions Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. and that is the antidote to each other yeah and I and I couldn't really blame myself for repelling you if nothing to do with the emotions but if I'm creating in a if I'm in a state of chaos um, energetically because I'm judging myself or because I'm hating or because I'm resisting it pushing it fighting it because what puts us off is that kind of push pully aggressive you know frustrated type of energy like no one wants to be around that right so it's it's more about that whereas actually like if you see someone you know sad and they're just in the sadness with no resistance it's kind of lovely it's kind of lovely and that doesn't mean always because like Mm -hmm. of course there's going to be moments when like you don't need to force yourself as an emotional or as a non-emotional even to be around someone who's in like a low state Mm -hmm. like sometimes we really do need to kind of like be by ourselves Mm -hmm. but i think like the evolution of the way we experience emotions requires us kind of evolving the way we interact in this way yeah Absolutely. What's really interesting is that sometimes the simplest things that we kind of say in one sentence are the things that you just need to rinse and repeat and you'll get them in deeper and deeper ways. And so as easy as it is for me to say, when you feel a certain way as an emotional, resist the mind's urge, addiction in fact, to finding the cause. It's so hard, but it's so freeing repeating that to yourself every freaking day right yeah literally and you know what's really funny is sometimes with certain emotional waves obviously all emotional waves function differently so i mean we could do you know and we probably should do a workshop on that we really really should because people ask about that but i also think that what we think are emotions are not necessarily emotions and so um I would encourage people to also look at their not self Mm. because a not self is the sign that you get when you're not living your design. And that would either be um, your not self would be bitterness, anger, disappointment, or frustration. And those are not part of the emotional wave. Those are sensations that come to visit you that are your no fail sign of knowing when you're out of alignment. Mm. The emotional wave is not anger. The emotional wave is not frustration. The emotional wave is not anxiety. The emotional, actually anxiety can be created by having the incorrect mental stories around your emotions a lot of the time or around thoughts you've had that are causing um, uh, dissonance or misalignment, right? Or that they don't feel right in your body, but you've been conditioned to think that way. So anxiety can often be a, um, a little pointer to what else is maybe not aligned in your thoughts and how you can try to basically be pushed to reframe that. The emotional wave is anything between 
a scale of feeling high, happy, on top of the world, everything's good, anything can happen, oh my gosh, I've just won the lottery, to down, bluesy, want to be alone, leave me alone, everything's terrible, borderline depression, right? And um, depending on the size of your wave and depending on how your wave actually patterns, there will be different movements. So like I was saying earlier in the episode, like mine is a subtle wave Mm -hmm. and that comes with its own benefits and its own uh, trips, right? The things that are difficult about it. So really the main thing I would say when you feel emotional is what I do and I've really recently learned to like master this is am I feeling blah or down because I'm in an emotional low or am I down because there's a thought that created this you know what I mean am I just annoyed that for example I'm a 2-4 in my profile so knowing that this is like really advanced human design guys but like this is piecing your chart together am I having a trigger moment or an irritation let's say because the trigger is a bit too, we should reserve that for bigger things. But like, am I irritated that I'm feeling like someone's bothering me because I'm a two and I'm in the middle of my process? That's not an emotional low. An emotional low for me is like sadness, melancholy. um, You know, it has that flavor of hopelessness like we've talked about. Um, And then my happy is like on top of the world, but it's nowhere as big as my sister's on top of the world, right? And so even when she feels on top of the world, that seems like a lot to me. So anyway, there's layers and layers and layers to this. And obviously, when you when you do your full chart, you'll get to know more. And we will do um, a workshop on emotions and the way that they function, because I do think that there's so much more to this. But it really is to highlight that this is not something in your chart that you should gloss over. And um, you can abs- absorb all of the knowledge and know all your gifts and know all the whatever. But like the things that will change your life are consistently paying attention to the things that are so easy to overlook, you mm-hmm. know, learning your authority and then learning about how it feels in your body, learning about your patterns with it, learning about when it's what kinds of situations it's hard to do it in, you know, learning which emotions, if you're an emotional or non-emotional, which ones you have the hardest time around, which ones you find the most repelling, when do you create the most stories, um, you know, when you're tired, is it harder for you? all those kinds of things is like knowing yourself and using this information to help you know yourself better right and I think for me as a non-emotional the reoccurring um you know even if I had to just give like a one-liner of the thing Mm. that I repeat to myself all the time it is this is not mine Mm -hmm. and that applies when you know you say talk about anxiety Mm -hmm. like when I would be in social settings I categorized that feeling as anxiety that almost like flustered feeling that you experience when you go from being in your own energy to all of a sudden being in the energy of a lot of people Mm -hmm. it really flusters us and um i would call that anxiety but my biggest practice is this is not mine this is not mine this Mm -hmm. is not mine and kind of like maybe taking a second going to the bathroom and like flushing out those emotions but then also even when i'm sitting one-on-one with an emotional even if they are mm, having some stories about their emotion and I can tell that they're not feeling as comfortable with how they're feeling and maybe they're not aware that they're in a low but like I'm really aware that they're in a low Mm -hmm. again this is not mine this is not mine like feeling comfortable being around them and not sitting there making a story in my head about 
wait, are they mad at me? Is this something that they're thinking about me? Like, mm-hmm. what does this mean about me? Did I do something? Yeah. And just, just kind of like letting them be in their thing. And this is not mine. This is not mine. This is not mine. I swear that sentence has been the biggest help for me. Mm. It really is just rinse and repeat that that's where the magic lies. And so it's funny because we obviously always do the incorrect thing, right? So as emotionals, we're always trying to find the outside reason why where it's coming from yeah. when it's coming from the divine through our bodies. And the non-emotionals are thinking it's them when it's actually coming from the outside. So even just knowing the source of what you're feeling it just stops the mind's need to make a narrative out of it that is an incorrect narrative that is going to be a cause of your suffering, mental suffering and emotional suffering because you've made the narrative around it. If you if you remember and remind yourself of the real narrative, then you already are living in so much more ease because you're aware of what's going on. And we always say awareness is 90% of the work, right? So just knowing these things about yourself and also then knowing them about the people in your life, you know, then you know what's up with them when they're acting up or when they're not feeling things or when they're shutting things down. Because another thing that non-emotionals can do because emotions can feel so flustering to them is on the one hand, yes, they can take it to one extreme and get addicted to emotions and seem like the most emotionally um, expressive people or they go the other way and get totally stoic. And I was saying to you, like, I I see a lot of non-emotional women feel very emotional and non-emotional men feel totally cold and stoic. And that's more, more, mostly because of the gender conditioning that we have about what's better to be in each of the, um, you know, in each of the sexes. So honestly, even just those things is to remember. And funny enough with me as an emotional, it's kind of like, wow, I'm my physical system is like painting the story of what it wants what kind of life it wants me to have today like this is kind of fascinating you know and it there's something artistic and creative about it if you can just go with whatever your body is like generating for you today I also want to say that because the emotions are generated by the solar plexus there is a very physical benefit to aligning yourself with your emotionals or non-emotionals way because if you have any tightness in your diaphragm or those moments where you feel that in this sort of upper stomach, that's um, you know the center that is that's telling you that something's out of whack in your in your emotional center. So that's a really big, that's kind of a little sign that I use to remind me of okay something's going on there that I'm not paying attention to. Part of me wonders too if, you know, if everything that's being that's gifted to us in the way that we're meant to exist is to, you know, you say sometimes like to bring us closer to the light or to bring us into our real lives or into who we like came here to be. Part of me wonders too if this like use of emotions where if you're an emotional and you're meant to really kind of like let yourself feel them that does kind of bring you into the moment a little bit it brings you down into reality mm-hmm. and then the correct expression of being a non-emotional is to feel the emotions and not take them on and mm-hmm. that does require you to be in the moment mm-hmm. remembering that they are not yours and just using them as intel and observing them mm-hmm. and kind of this dance sort of just brings us down and grounded into whatever we're supposed to be experiencing in the moment. Like Mm -hmm. I almost feel like being okay with your wave and kind of makes me feel more in tune with like the timing of life. It it is a cycle, Mm -hmm. you know, that you go through, that the business is going to go through, that all of us are going through. Mm -hmm. 
so just like brings me into reality honestly it's like life has the pace and we are just either fighting it and therefore causing our own suffering or we're going with it and we're we're actually able to be present enough to receive the gifts that it's trying to give us. And that's why people say, you know, if you have emotional authority, there's no clarity in the now. Because the now moment is not the moment for us to be getting clarity if, we have a, if we're experiencing emotions, you know. And it, emotions are a fuel, you know. The, the, um, they're a motor. They do create fuel. It's a different kind of fuel than, you know, the sacral, which is about a fuel of productivity, you know. Or it's a different fuel than the root center, which is that that drive and that get up and go. It's a different kind of fuel, but it's a fuel that we really have only just recently been gifted with as human beings. And so we're kind of toddlers at it, you know. <laughs> but you're right. It, it brings us to the present and we have earned that right to be so um, present to feelings because we've already as human beings mastered on the whole the skills of how to find food how to create structure around us so that we can live so that we can coexist like all of that stuff has been kind of we've laid that foundation which we've done with using the instincts and using the mind and so yeah now we're we've evolved from a seven centered being to a nine centered being because of that work we've done and so yeah, we're, we're all new to this game called emotions. And so everything that we have been kind of told and, you know, like I said, from this post-rational era, you know, we're, it's promising. We are in the beginning where we're starting to realize like, oh, emotions aren't bad, but we still have so much deeper to go. 